Hello once again, Packers fans. It's Aaron Nagler here on Nagler's Never Right. The offseason rolls on, and Brian Gutekunst awakens from his slumber to sign Tramon Williams. That's right, a reunion in the making. The unstoppable James Jones, former Packers wide receiver, now breaking news monger extraordinaire, uh, coming out with the information that Tramon Williams and the Green Bay Packers have agreed to a two-year deal. Uh, we could confirm that Williams was indeed coming in and he was going to be taking a physical. Couldn't quite get uh, confirmation on the deal, but uh, I don't think there's any reason to doubt that James Jones has spoken with or communicated with Tremont directly. Um, so that move, as I've been saying on Twitter, Facebook, I believe I've said it here on this here podcast, it makes a lot of sense with the familiarity with Tremont from his first time in Green Bay. Obviously, he played with Mike Patton in Cleveland for a few years, familiar with the scheme. Um, and let's face it, the backers are pretty desperate there at cornerback. Um, they needed at least one more addition. They probably need maybe one more to go along with Williams. Uh, but they they have now a seasoned vet who can step in and play right away. Uh, I would suspect he would probably man the boundary opposite of Kevin King, um, dependent on what the offense is doing, obviously. But this gives him a little bit more flexibility heading into the draft. It doesn't, you know, box them in by need. Uh, yeah, speaking of the first round, having to take a safety. Clearly, that's still an option. Uh, I know a lot of – I get asked a lot about um, – Ward, I don't think he'll be there. I think Josh Jackson is a real possibility there at 14. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about Fitzpatrick or Derwin James or things like that. I think they'll need to trade up to get either one of those guys. But the Tremont Williams deal, I think, is a smart one. I've said pretty much all offseason. And I know there are a few Packer fans. I've gotten some emails, um, some comments on my Facebook page in regards to the Tremont signing what are they doing? He's so old. He wasn't that great to begin with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll kind of take exception there um, on a lot of that. I mean, when Tremont Williams left, was he a premier corner? No. Um, but he was still better than a lot of uh, the play that we've seen in Green Bay since his departure. Um, he played exceptionally well in Arizona last year. Um, and that was in a system where Patrick Peterson was taking the number one corner and basically eliminating them uh, week in and week out. And Tremont, once he was inserted into the starting lineup, uh, he was thrown at a lot. Uh, he was asked to do a lot because you know quarterbacks aren't going to attack Patrick Peterson, who's one of, if not the best corner in the game. So you know Tremont Williams saw a lot of action, and he responded, and he played extremely well. And that's something definitely the Packers could obviously use. Um, and as far as the age thing goes, you know, Terrence Newman is, what, 39 years old? And he's finishing off a year. He has just finished off a year uh, playing for the league's number one defense. Now, obviously, the Packers have a way to go to, to reach that level, but you can still be effective. Uh, and Tremont's tape clearly shows a guy who knows everything he's looking at when it comes to what offenses are trying to do, what wide receivers are trying to do, you know, setting up their breaks, trying to get in and out of their breaks, going out in their routes, um, trying to react to the coverage that Tremont is giving them. 
Tremont has seen it all, and he is still in tip-top shape. You can tell that by watching him. Uh, I think it's an excellent addition, and I think he's going to surprise the Packer fans who are wondering why Green Bay is making this move. Um, Speaking of making moves, something I did want to touch on really quickly is I put out a tweet a couple days ago about Gutekunst and how I was surprised how, not how inactive, because he clearly hasn't been inactive, but I thought he'd be a little more ruthless starting out. um, You know, he was handed this roster, and it is now his, and he has been a little bit more, I want to say, I guess reserved than than I maybe suspected he might be. Um, and I, the way I'm pretty sure a guy like Elliot Wolf may have torn apart the roster. Um, and I got some responses to that. And were, it's really hard to convey on Twitter. It's even it's difficult now as I'm speaking it out loud. But there's a lot of, not a lot. There, there is definitely, there are definitely points on this roster where you can you can point to and say, okay, we need to improve there, no question. And who, this guy has given given us ample evidence that he is not the answer. And I'm I'm talking about guys like Trevor Davis, uh, Jake Ryan, uh, Kyler Fackrell. These are guys who have been given plenty of opportunity, plenty of playing time, and you know what you have there, and it's not much. And I understand, you know, they're on cheap deals, what have you, et cetera. It makes monetary sense. But, man, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Cut bait and move on. And I thought we'd see a little bit more of that. A little bit more of kind of jettisoning the, the I don't know, the, I won't say dead weight because they do have value as players. But just you got to force yourself to get better. And hanging on to guys like, Ryan and Davis and and Fackrell, to me, again, I, I'm not calling for moves just to make them, but force yourself to get better. Those guys have shown you what they are. And I know everyone wants to talk about, oh, just the great, uh, Trevor Davis especially, it's hard to move on because of the speed, and you're, you're so enamored with the speed. Um, but I think it's pretty clear at this point that he's not a deep threat. He's not a deep ball catcher. So what good is he as a deep threat? Um, but yeah, that, that 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 was what kind of I was I was thinking about when I tweeted that out, and I understood afterwards after all the responses I got that maybe it wasn't. You know, people were like, "Whoa, who did you expect him to cut?" Or, "Oh, did you hear something?" And it's just it's not a report. It's nothing. I'm just something I felt. Um, I thought he'd be a lot more active on the bottom end of the roster. That's how Ron Wolf operated uh, back in the day. That's uh, how. Some of the guys that have gone on from Ron Wolf's tree, whether it's uh, Schneider out in Seattle or McKenzie out in Oakland, that's how they've you know kind of gone about it. And I thought Goodkunst would follow a little bit closer to that path. But now, hey, and that's not a criticism to how he is operating. It's just I was surprised, that's all. Um, but he has been very deliberate, and I think, you know, smartly so. He's got a very um, particular cap constraint that he's got to work with, clearly. He hasn't been, you know, if he had been gifted $45, $50 million worth of cap space, I think he'd be operating a little bit differently. Uh, But because of where the roster is, some of the top-heavy guys um, are uh, closing in on the end of those deals. And speaking, of course, of Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, um, you know, those guys have got to produce. They've got to to justify those cap hits. 
Because it certainly seems like those moves that we suspected might get made are not going to materialize, whether it is extending Clay Matthews to try and reduce his cap hit uh, or doing the same with Randall Cobb uh, or even cutting Randall Cobb. I think those moves would have happened prior to free agency. And now the start of free agency has come and gone. We're over a week into it. I don't see them making any drastic moves there. And I saw some people positing because of the other news of the week, um, our Tom Silverstein writing last night that um, former Eagles and Bills wide receiver Jordan Matthews was in town. Um, You know, that, oh, they could cut Cobb and insert Matthews. Yo, go watch Matthews tape first before you say anything like that. And, of course, I just got another round of they should cut Cobb things going in my mentions. And just flabbergasting to me how – little regard people have for Cobb's game uh, just because of a certain number, salary cap number attached to his, you know, to the name and the list on the contracts. People just want to jettison him, and they have no regard for what he means to the offense, what he means to Aaron Rodgers, what he means to the organization. And it's just funny. So you want to get rid of two guys who've been in the system forever. You've already gotten rid of Jordy, Jordy Nelson. So you want to get rid of another guy. Uh, and bringing a guy who we have to teach the system to, and then you're starting who on the outside? Adams and 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 uh, Matthews occasionally, although he'll kick him inside in the slot, and then going with John Allison. You've made yourself worse. You haven't made yourself better. Now, adding Matthews, I think, for a on a dirt cheap contract makes some sense, but I definitely don't see them spending money on him. Not big money. Um, I think they're obviously going to pitch Aaron Rodgers, as Pete Doherty wrote earlier this week at PackersNews.com. Check it out. Shameless plug alert. Um, you know they're going to they're going to hey you can catch you know catch passes from Aaron Rodgers and you have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. I know the other place that he's visited so far is Arizona. What's the pitch there? Come catch passes from Sam Bradford, maybe if he stays healthy long enough, and we can't promise we're even going to make the playoffs. You know. I mean, obviously, I think Green Bay is a much more attractive destination if all other things are equal. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't see the Packers spending big money there. But I do think he could help. Um, and I know a lot of people – I got into a kind of a back and forth with a number of people last night on Twitter, as, as we are wont to do, uh, about the deep threat, the need for a deep threat. And now look, I wrote – I tweeted out – quote-unquote, stretching the field is overblown. And I got pushback on that um, from a bunch of people. And I understand it. I get what people are saying. And I'm not saying there's no value to it. I totally understand having a speed merchant or a deep ball threat clearly opens things up. There's no doubt about it. I only had two points. I fit them into one tweet, and I think that kind of got misconstrued a little bit. So I'll unpack it here a little real quick. When the Packers won the Super Bowl, and then went on to go 15-1 and one with a ridiculously potent offense. It's not like they had a speed merchant deep threat. Yes, Greg Jennings could get deep. Yes, Jordy Nelson developed into a deep threat. There's no doubt about that, and that certainly helped the offense. But there's, no, there's this idea that they have to have that, or they're dead in the water, is patently absurd. You know? Uh... And as someone pointed out to me, you know, well, that was the the development. Um, and then 2015 happened, and it showed, it exposed how they, without a deep threat, they were completely dead in the water. 
you know, where I would spin that forward to the following season when the Packers ran the table. They didn't have a deep threat then. They, you know, rattled off, what, eight, nine in a row. Got to the NFC Championship game. Now, you don't want to live like that. I understand that because part of that is depending on Aaron Rodgers to play out of his mind week in and week out. But you can be incredibly successful as an offense in the NFL and not have a bona fide deep threat. Teams do it week in and week out, year in and year out. So when people see the Jordan Matthews news and they go, oh, they don't need him. Well, he has talent. They can certainly utilize him. He can be an asset. You're not going to get the prototypical wide receiver <laughs> with every signing or with every draft pick. You want to accumulate assets on offense, and especially if you can get them for cheap, like they probably can with Matthews. So that's where I was going with that. You, you, can, you can create all sorts of stuff with talent. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be done just one way. And it's been done one way in Green Bay, or it had been for a long time. As McCarthy has indicated this offseason, they are tearing down the playbook and starting from scratch. And I think some of where they end up will depend on the talent in hand. If they got a deep threat, great. If they don't, there's no reason to call off the season. doesn't mean the offense is dead in the water or DOA. just means they got to do it a different way. And that's all I meant by that. This has been Twitter Clarification from Aaron Nagler. Anyway, that's all for me today. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Um, make sure you're checking PackersNews.com for all the latest. we got tons of great stuff up. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson spoke to the media yesterday. Ryan's got all of that. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser spoke today. Um, I think Ryan's going to have a, um, a nice feature up on Kaiser who, let me tell you, he's a bit of a talent. He's got talent. There's, I mean, no question the warts in his game were laid bare in Cleveland. There is zero doubt about that. But there's a lot to work with there, much more so than I think with Hundley. So um, that'll be an interesting battle to watch this summer. But uh, make sure you're checking PackersNews.com for all the latest on all of that. Matthew's visit, See, let's see if he signs, um, and see you know, what happens these next few weeks in free agency. A long way to go until the draft. We've got about a little less than five weeks. So a lot of moves could be made between now and then. In the meantime, I'll be back next week. Make sure you check PackersNews.com for all the latest. And I'll talk to you guys next week here on Nagler's Never Right. Never Right.